0: Welcome to the Books and Bites podcast. Each month, we discuss book recommendations and the bites and beverages to pair with them. This month, we're discussing our favorite graphic novels, and we've got a wide variety of series to share with you. My name is Eden Gray, and I'm here with my co-host, Carrie Green. Hello! And we're going to get started right away sharing some great graphic novels with you. As always, you can find a list of recommended books on our website. Just click on News up at the top right of the homepage, or you can click on the book menu and look for the Books and Bytes section. There's also a helpful guide there that Carrie put together, showing you how to subscribe to the podcast through whatever device you might be using to listen to us. Okay, so let's get started talking about some books so this month we're talking about graphic novel recommendations um in preparation for our upcoming library comic con Um, comic surge is coming up next month and so we wanted to stay on topic so i'm recommending a graphic novel and a manga series um, because i read a ton of manga and not so many
1: graphic novels what about you carrie um well i I'm an occasional reader of graphic novels. I, I really haven't read any manga, so I'm curious to hear your recommendations. <laughs> yeah, I picked one that I
0: think would be good for manga beginners. I always <laughs> yes. have those kinds of recommendations. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and w- I was I did a lot of reading in preparation for today's podcast. And one of the things I was really looking for was graphic novels that weren't depressing because a lot of the ones that I've read I've liked, but they're even more depressing than the depressing literary fiction that I normally read. That's interesting.
0: Huh? Because a lot of the manga I read is, it it can be depressing, but it's about overcoming obstacles and fighting through everything. Uh huh being yourself no matter what (laughs) (laughs) um but I guess if a lot of graphic novels are about really real intense stuff or or they're about superheroes and even then sometimes they're really depressing
1: yeah I I don't uh, really read so much the superhero stuff so maybe that but everything else yeah and I think for me it also has to do with having the picture you know that somehow the picture makes it Worse, definitely. <laughs> so, anyway, I did find some that Yay. that I didn't think were depressing. So, um, I'm excited to share those. Okay.
0: Did you find some recipes and stuff to share too? I did,
1: um, but let's not get ahead of okay. ourselves. Okay. <laughs> So the first one I wanted to talk about is Embroideries by Marjane Satrapi. Embroideries is a slim volume of anecdotes about the love and sex lives of Iranian women. The author also wrote the acclaimed graphic novel memoirs Persepolis 1 and 2 about her childhood in Iran after the Islamic Revolution, and I highly recommend that series. Have you read that series? I
0: read the first one a long time ago and I saw the movie Mm -hmm. um so does embroideries come is she did she write it after
1: yes she she was older it's after um so the character I think is a well I don't know she she is a young woman Mm -hmm. in the in embroideries Mm -hmm. um And but anyway, even though I really liked Persepolis one and two, I wanted to talk about embroideries because it is a little lighter. Yeah, for sure. Persepolis was
0: it was important.
1: Yeah, it's really dark. Yes. (laughs) And also because it focuses on women. And I think that some people might think graphic novels aren't written by or for women. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely not the case. So, in Embroideries, Satrapi's female relatives and neighbors gather together for tea and an afternoon chat, or as the women call it, a long session of ventilation of the heart. Nice. With frankness and humor, they discuss their own marriages and the marriages of friends, their sex lives, and even plastic surgery. Though some of their talk, particularly the focus on arranged marriages and virginity, highlights the differences between Iranians and Westerners, overall I was struck by the universality of their concerns. And the characters defy the stereotypes of repressed fundamentalist women. In fact, they can be quite (laughs) body. As with Satrapi's other work, the illustrations are spare black and white drawings that are bold and expressive. The women are often depicted in their homes without the veil, which may surprise some American readers. The images aren't arranged in panels, but instead fill the pages, changing from close-ups to wider points of view that give the work a sense of movement.
0: Yeah, that format sounds really interesting.
1: Yeah, I like, you know, sometimes graphic novels can feel a little busy to me, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I like having a little more space. Embroideries is a great companion book to the memoir, Reading Lolita in Tehran, a book by Azar Nafisi about a group of young women who gathered to read and discuss forbidden Western literature. Since the women in embroideries drink tea while they talk, it's, of course, the perfect accompaniment. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, you can probably finish the whole book while having a nice cup or two. The book A Taste of Persia by Naomi Duguid includes an essay called Tea with Sugar in Iran, as well as two recipes for spiced tea. One recipe adds a few cardamom pods to green tea, and the other adds a mix of ground cinnamon, ginger, and black pepper to black tea. And I actually just mixed up a little bit of that and have it... (laughs) is that why
0: it smells so interesting (laughs) yeah so um, I could tell when you came in there's black pepper
1: in it mm -hmm. that sounds really good yeah it is I I have some in my office if you want to try it I will um and it's perfect for the days of fall ahead Mm -hmm. um and if you're feeling ambitious a taste of Persia also includes several cookie recipes that sound delicious the rosewater cookies are made with roasted chickpea flour, so they'd be a good choice for anyone avoiding gluten. Great.
0: Wow. Thanks for sharing those. Yeah,
1: but that cookbook is, um, I haven't had the time to go through it a lot, but it's really cool. It has lots of stories and mm-hmm. I like those kind. Nice.
0: The first graphic novel that I want to talk about is actually a newer manga series. It's known as Erased in the United States, but the Japanese title of this series by Kei Sanbei is Bokudakiga Inamachi, or The Town Where Only I Am Missing. Currently there are three hardcover uh, omnibus volumes that have been released in English, and the fourth is due out in early 2018. These omnibus volumes collect the many chapters of the original work into a larger hardcover book, and JCPL currently has the first two available as of this recording. So, Erased tells the story of Satoru Fujinuma, an average Japanese adult and aspiring manga artist who is sent 18 years into the past to relive his childhood. Satoru's special time-traveling power activates only in extreme situations, and in this case, it's to prevent the kidnapping and death of several classmates. The plot switches back and forth between modern Satoru, who gets caught up in a family tragedy and is wanted by the police, and his adult consciousness, which is stuck in his 11-year-old body back in the past. Satoru must relive the winter of 1988 making life-altering decisions in order to potentially save lives and change the course of the future it's one of the most unique stories I've ever encountered in a manga Um, I first encountered it when I watched the animated series last summer Um, it was possibly my favorite animation of the year wow Um, yeah, why I,
1: why did you like it so much?
0: Um, it was so captivating. We watched it weekly as it came out every week, and waiting for the new episode was torture. I <laughs> had no idea what was going to happen, or who the bad guy was, or if Satru was going to save these girls, or if it, it was it was a great mystery. Um,
1: it's kind of nice sometimes when you can't binge watch something, right? Yeah, you keep going you have to keep a little suspense yes
0: um it made it it gave it a lot more impact that way um there was i mean there's a lot of emotion in it you really get to care for the characters and um it's definitely like that in the books as well i found that the books um switch back and forth between present day and the past a lot more than the animation does um, which is good because i think that would have been kind of uh jarring in the in the Mm. animation where it's easier to follow in a book where you can take your time reading it so i think that um, erased would make a really good introduction to manga for both teens and adults who haven't read any before the modern plot with adult satoru is fast-paced with high stakes drama and action while the childhood story is a bit of a contrast it's sentimental and endearing The dialogue throughout all of it is stays authentic to the ages of the characters at that time, no matter how old Satoru is and the interactions between young Satoru and his friends are particularly heartwarming and will leave you in tears or just plain out crying sometimes (laughs) Um, and laughing at other times. It's really good. The art is also phenomenal with very expressive portraits, detailed landscapes and great action scenes. Um, it gives you a really good look at a small town, uh, Japanese family and school and what it's like to live there. The hardcover English editions are also really high quality with great color illustrations in the front and a lot of really big double page spreads, um, which is a nice feature in manga. Mm-hmm. So overall, it's, it's a really fantastic mystery series that I think would make a great, great start for people who don't typically read manga.
1: Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you maybe explain how manga is different from other graphic novels?
0: So 99% of manga originates from Japan. Um, The Japanese creators are called mangaka and typically they write and illustrate themselves. Um, Sometimes there are author-writer duos where it's two or more people that come up with a concept and one draws, one writes. Another one sometimes comes up with characters or plot, and they they all work together. Um, so that's kind of like American graphic novels, where it's it's a team, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's about half and half team and individual people, and which I find really impressive if you can write and draw all yeah. of this and make yeah. it a really good best-selling series. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Japan, these series typically come out in weekly or monthly magazines that are, so they're usually serialized mm-hmm. before they come out in, um, in print volumes. If they do well, they come out in print volumes and they get a really mm-hmm. good print run, um, from publishers. If they don't do so well, they don't make so many, um, paperback volumes. Um, and then if it does well in Japan, it gets a good hype, then publishers here will pick it up and publish it in English. mm mm-hmm um and i guess as far as manga goes the topics and genres can be absolutely anything just like graphic novels Mm -hmm. um in the u.s
1: Mm -hmm. cool Mm -hmm. and your japanese sounds really impressive thanks
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love learning new languages so i don't always have the time to do it as much Mm -hmm. as i want yes (laughs) i know squishy squishy japanese sounds good to me (laughs) thanks so to go along with um, this series, cause I really love it. There's, there's some recipes I wanted to share. Um, there's one particularly heartfelt scene in which Satoru's young friend Kaya stays the night with Satoru and his mom, and um, this is when they're still kids back in the past, and they all have breakfast together the next day. Kaya lives in an abusive home and has never experienced this kind of sit-down meal with a family before, so I recommend you try some of these same recipes at home, perhaps using a, a couple of the cookbooks um that i'm gonna share because this this was the part where this was the first part where i cried watching the anime because Mm -hmm. the girl kaya is eating her breakfast and sobbing (laughs) as she does because she's never had a sit-down meal that her mom made ever and she doesn't have any siblings to share it with or anything Mm -hmm. so it was really really powerful um, so the first book, cookbook that I want to recommend is Rise and Shine, um, Better Breakfast for Busy Mornings by Katie Sullivan Morford. You can find this book in our catalog and we'll provide a link to it in the blog post that goes along with this episode as well. Um, there's some really great and simple breakfast recipes in there. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to try your hand at an authentic Japanese breakfast, I recommend a cookbook by Emi Kazuko and Yasuko Fukuoka called Sushi and Japanese. 100 timeless recipes shown in 300 stunning photographs. Um, And it is just like it says. It's basic um, everyday Japanese recipes with a lot of really, really good photographs. Mm -hmm. And the particular recipe I want to discuss is for a dish called tamagoyaki or a rolled egg omelet. Tamagoyaki basically means fried egg. And it's a sweetened egg omelet rolled up in the form of a sushi roll. And you can enjoy tamagoyaki on its own as part of a sushi meal or with breakfast, like most um, Japanese do. Mm -hmm. A typical tamagoyaki recipe serves four people, although when we make it at home, it's usually just enough for the two of us because it's really (laughs) good. Mm -hmm. Um, You just need eggs, salt and sugar, oil for cooking, and several Japanese seasonings. Um, These are dashi, shoyu, and mirin. And these are all things that can be found at a Japanese food market, which there are several if you can get out to Lexington. And if you let the staff um, at the market know that you're making tamagoyaki, they can point out exactly what you need, um, all the ingredients that you might need, and seasonings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they also might try to sell you a special tamagoyaki pan, <laughs> which is square, <laughs> but you don't necessarily need it. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the cookbooks that I found said that you have to have a square tamagoyaki pan but you don't i just make it in a round frying pan at home and it's fine um you do also need a sushi rolling mat um but those are those are pretty affordable Mm -hmm. so you can check out that book if you're interested in adding an authentic japanese touch to your breakfast or other meals and again we'll have the name of the book listed in our latest books and bites blog post
1: So the next book I wanted to talk about is The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl by Ryan North and Erica Henderson. Several of the reviews I've read of The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl have mentioned that both novice comic readers and hardcore fans will enjoy this all-ages comic, collected here in graphic novel format. I can't speak to hardcore fans, normally superhero comics do not appeal to me at all, but this novice reader is nuts for Squirrel Girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice one. And that's the kind of terrible pun that you'll find throughout Squirrel Great, Girl. I love puns. <laughs> one of the things I love about the unbeatable Squirrel Girl is the humor, which the description provided by the publisher hints at. Quote, with her her unique combination of wit, empathy, and squirrel powers, computer science student Doreen Green, aka the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, is all that stands between the earth and total destruction. (laughs) Well, Doreen, plus her friends Tippy Toe, a squirrel, and Nancy, a regular human with no powers. So, mainly Squirrel Girl. (sighs) (laughs) That sounds great. (laughs) It's, I mean, that is the tone of the whole series (laughs) so far that I've read. Throughout the series picks fun at comic book tropes and culture in a way that a wide audience can appreciate. And could there be a more appealing superhero than Doreen Green? She confidently fights evil with her squirrel and girl powers, defeating villains with computer programming and teamwork just as often as with her powerful (laughs) tail. she's drawn with a strong but realistic figure no ridiculous barbie waist here good <laughs> as squirrel girl tells her friend nancy quote i got no use for those stupid tiny fake pockets they put on women's clothes <laughs> exactly i know amen right they don't make any sense <laughs> since this series is pure fun i think you should pair it with something equally fun and of course nutty before I found out about my milk allergy, my favorite candy was always Reese's peanut butter cups. And while I realize that peanuts aren't technically nuts, Doreen does enjoy a peanut-flavored hard candy given to her by Old Lady Squirrel Girl right before they try to defeat Dr. Doom. The Dr. Doom? Uh, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to read it <laughs> and find out. I love Dr. Doom. But I digress. Sadly, I can no longer enjoy Reese's, but there's a great recipe for vegan chocolate peanut butter cups in Alicia Silverstone's book, The Kind Diet. Yeah, they're really good. They're I think they're better than. Have you made them? I have. Are they really time consuming? Um, they're pretty easy to make. Okay. Um, you know, easier than you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, And if you're not concerned about dairy, you can just use regular milk and chocolate chips. You know, it's the like the okay. nut milk or right. um, vegan chocolate chips that makes it vegan because um, there's plenty of non-healthy things that are <laughs> vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I encourage any peanut and chocolate lovers to give them a try. You can find The Kind Diet in our collection, but we'll also link to the recipe on our blog.
0: Next, I'm going to talk about a series of graphic novels that have won so many awards that I can't possibly list them all here. It's a series titled March, and it's written by Congressman John Lewis in collaboration with co-writer Andrew Aden and artist Nate Powell. Congressman John Lewis was one of the key figures of the civil rights movement, and his commitment to justice and nonviolence has taken him from an Alabama sharecropper's farm to the halls of Congress, from a segregated classroom to the 1963 March on Washington, and from receiving beatings from state troopers to receiving the Medal of Freedom from the first African-American president. This is a very powerful story. And, uh John Lewis shares his story with New Generations in March, a graphic novel trilogy in collaboration with um, some award-winning authors and artists like I mentioned. March is a vivid first-hand account of John Lewis's lifelong struggle for civil and human rights and also a discussion on how far we've come since the days of Jim Crow and segregation. Rooted in Lewis's personal history, it also reflect on, reflects on the highs and lows of the broader civil rights movement, um, not just the parts that he was involved in. Book one, in particular, spans John Lewis's youth in rural Alabama, his life-changing meeting with Martin Luther King Jr., and the birth of the Nashville Student Movement, and their battle to tear down segregation through nonviolent lunch counter sit-ins and building to a stunning climax on the steps of City Hall. So With that story, John Lewis wanted his comics to bring those days to life for a new audience, testifying to a movement whose echoes will be heard for generations. The art is fantastic, which is really the best-selling point for a graphic novel, so it's got that going for it as well. Often nonfiction or biographical comics don't get the artistic support they deserve, um, but March doesn't fall short, um, with Nate Powell at the helm of the art. It's a great look at the civil rights movement and like I mentioned before there are three volumes in the series um, so it's not very long and I highly recommend them for teen and
1: adult readers
0: especially those interested in history or um, in trying out their first graphic novel series.
1: Yeah um, I remember hearing about that when it first came out. It sounds like it A really good one that's gotten a lot of good reviews. Mm -hmm. It has,
0: yeah. Um, It had a big resurgence of popularity this year because volume three, the last one, won the Prince Award, which is the best, basically the best book in young adult fiction or literature. Mm -hmm.
1: So I have a few quick staff recommendations from other JCPL staff. And this first one is from reference librarian James Gardner, who recommends Stuff of Legend Volume 1, Omnibus. James says he has described it to others as Toy Story on steroids. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It's a tale about the loss of innocence hidden in an adventure quest undertaken by a child's toys who enter the boogeyman's realm, the dark, to rescue their child after the boogeyman abducts him. Cool. Cool. Computer desk assistant Sandra Burchett recommends the entire Fables series of comics, which she says is top notch. Sandra says she loves seeing the fairy tale characters in these completely different situations. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about that series mm-hmm. as well. Um, just looking at the covers, it looked like it would be interesting. Mm-hmm. And finally, Amelia Combs no longer works here. Sadness, but before she left, she recommended Mouse, A Survivor's Tale by Art Spiegelman. Amelia says the artwork in this graphic novel is very nice and definitely contributes to the mood of the story. It provides a good narrative and description about the Holocaust and is great for someone wanting to hear stories from people who lived through the Holocaust, as well as learn about the Holocaust in general.
0: And that's that's it. Great, we're happy to get some recommendations. the podcast for today i just wanted to take a little time to tell our listeners about an exciting event coming up at the library that i mentioned before um saturday october 14th is the second annual jcpl comic surge our big comic-con event it will be held from 10 a.m to 4 30 p.m at the library and it's totally free there will be vendors, artists, and authors who are selling their geeky or comic or anime-related goods. We'll have a variety of food trucks here that you can enjoy. Um, or if you don't want to spend any money, you can come and meet, and greet, get photos with some cool costume characters like princesses, Star Wars, Jedi, and uh, once again, we'll have a life-size TARDIS here as well as some awesome replica cars from Supernatural and Transformers. So it's going to be an awesome day. It's free to attend and it's happening on Saturday, October 14th. So don't miss it. Listening to the Books and Bytes podcast. We record from the Justman County Public Library's recording studio, and you can find out more about the recording studio, our creative space, and the podcast by going to our website, www.jesspublib.org. Our theme song is The Breakers. From Scott Whitten's album, Now Out in Close Quarters with the Enemy, you can find out more about Scott and his music on his website, adoreforedesk.com.